biggest reason I got involved in politics is we need to get back to having a free, self-sufficient population of people um, that are not dependent on government. To the ballot box featuring Vicki Bayford. Welcome back to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown, the host, and we are here in the ballot box talking about one thing and one thing only elections. Whether it be municipal, whether it be federal, whether it be provincial, whether it be leadership races like we're going to be talking about today. We talk about elections, elections, elections. And today, in studio, our third studio interview since the end of the quote-unquote pandemic, is the leadership candidate for the Independence Party of Alberta. I want to make sure I say that correctly, because every time I'm about to say it, I say, I'm about to say Alberta Independence Party, but it's the Independence Party of Alberta, Vicki Bayford. Vicky, thank you so much for doing this. Did I spell? Did I get your last name correct? Yeah, Bayford. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was the one interview question I didn't ask before this, so thank you. No, thank you, and thanks, thanks for having me here. It's actually like a really long time. I checked out the show before I came on, and uh, and you do some really good work, so I'm excited to be here. Vicky, I gotta ask the first question. Where's your sense of duty to serve come from? You know it. I think it was kind of bred into me. Um, my family has always been, I mean, I've just always had a really, I would have to say, generous family. I've always had, um, we've always helped each other out. We've always helped our neighbors out. Like, my dad was always that type of person who, um, you know, was always helping our neighbors out, was always helping strangers out, um, always had a hand out, um, you know, was just always available for people, and including his kids. So... Um, I think I just kind of naturally um, wanted to always help people and um, then when this opportunity I guess came up this year I just felt inclined that I do actually have a duty to help Alberta and get the message across about independence. Um, so, so just on that note you uh, you are running for the leadership of the Independence Party of Alberta. That's correct. Um, talk to me about the Independence Party of for those who are listening right now and might be listening later on, what is the Independence Party of Alberta? Party of Alberta again. So we are a separatist party um, in Alberta. We believe in creating um, Alberta as a nation. We want to win an election and go to a referendum right away. And then in the meantime, also start uh, building those firewall protections um, in the meantime until we can make this happen. Because we know this is a... It's going to be a big battle no matter what, and this is not going to happen quickly. But if the quicker we can win some seats and get into an election, um, the quicker we can get to a referendum and at least get the process going. Um, we are the only true separatist party registered in Alberta. Um, there is a couple other independence parties, but um, their constitution, their bylaws, they just more represent autonomy first. And let's, again, see if we can get a better deal within Canada, which we know or our party believes we will never get. And um, 
So that's that would be the, the key thing about our party that I would want people to know. Let's talk about what an independent Alberta would look like to you. Uh, yet again, I know it's a long road that we're going to have to travel here, but let's go along that road here because I think people who would want to be listening to this and potentially want to vote for the Independence Party of Alberta would want to know, what does an independent Alberta look like to you? To me, um, obviously, um, free, <laughs> number one, and that's probably uh, the biggest reason I got involved in politics is we need to get back to having a free self-sufficient population of people um, that are not dependent on government now that's not to say that you know we don't need social programs and things like that we obviously have a lot of vulnerable people um, in our province and those people need to be taken care of but we also have the youngest population in all of Canada and there is no reason why um, as an independent nation we couldn't thrive and I do believe it's the only way that we will thrive economically. Um, even even um, when you start talking about healthcare, education, all those things, the money that we spend or what that we pay in taxes and goes to the East. We know we spend $60 billion a year right now to the East and we get $9 billion back. And we know if we got to keep that money here, there would be a lot of things that we could do differently, including paying off debt, in, uh, fostering a good environment for a better health care system, better education system. And uh, one of the devil's advocate, and yeah, I, I no, like yeah. playing devil's advocate in this show because I like to hear what politicians and candidates to become politicians have to say. To be devil's advocate, wouldn't it be harder for an independent Alberta to do things like build pipelines to the coast through BC if they were an independent pro uh, country? Or, let's be honest, we have not had the best track record of building pipelines in Confederation, so it would be just the same. Um, absolutely not. Actually, I think we would be at a better advantage to, uh, you know, get our resources out to market. We would have far more negotiating power we would have a government that was actually willing to work to generate business for for our industry um, one of our main industries here at right now our government is working against us and they're literally purposely shutting us down the federal government is not helping us jason kenny in my opinion he just writes really you know mean letters and you know very strong worded letters and it gets us zero results so um i think as an independent nation we would be able to negotiate better with our neighbors i mean we do supply the u.s with a lot of resources and i'm sure they don't want that partnership to end we are blocking bc from the rest of canada if they want their stuff to go through and i mean this isn't just to be like threatening but really i mean do you not think of bc would we would be in a far stronger negotiating place when we are basically blocking bc from the rest of canada do you think they would not want to negotiate with us lamar plus we supply a lot of natural gas to bc as well and uh they need it just as much as as we do so so how do you change the uh, perception of an independent Alberta because I think people are still potentially struggling with the idea of should we separate should we not separate so how do you win people over and say you know what the best future for Alberta is an independent future 
You know, um, I've been, so I, in the middle of June, I started traveling around Alberta. Um, I started down south and originally I started out with just a really simple, like three to five question survey. And I was literally just randomly stopping people on the street, going into small businesses, especially the mom and pop shops and saying, like my first question was always to them, what do you think about Alberta independence? And to tell you the truth, the initial response was, Oh, well, that's like pretty drastic. And, you know, I love Canada. I'm Canadian first, you know, things like that. Those are the the typical first response. But when you start talking, like actually having conversations with people and you start saying, okay, so what is the solution to stay in Canada? What is it? What kind of government can we get into power that can negotiate with our federal government and get us? And when you start talking to people like that, then they start realizing that, you know, we are pretty powerless. And I mean, it sucks to say it, but it's just, it's just the truth. It, it is what it is. I mean, there, even when we had Stephen Harper as prime minister, I mean, he, I'm not saying he did anything bad. He did a great job, uh, you know, but he also did not work for Alberta. He was working for his next term. You literally just made me cross it. The one question I had <laughs> pre- almost prepared to ask you was Stephen Harper. Um, to follow up on that, though, to follow up on the conversations that you have with the mom pa shops, the business leaders, the people who say, hey, I love Canada. I, and I mean this with all respect. Do you love Canada? I did. What uh, happened? 2015, Trudeau came in. And I mean, there was obviously problems before that. But the thing was, Alberta was still functioning. And... Um, I think, you know, most of us have been under this haze even prior to Trudeau because this started long before Trudeau. Trudeau is just a symptom of a broken system. But because we were flourishing, I think Albertans were okay giving away their 50, 60 billion dollars a year because we were doing okay. And our economy was still thriving and we were able to do our business and, and live successfully here. So I don't think we really minded very much. Um, and unfortunately, like... Well, it's been going on. I mean, you can you can go through history and see all the times where the separation movement has gotten really popular and then it's dropped. Uh, but this time, I think it's way different um, than any other time in history because there's just no going back and there's no fixing the damage that's been done. Um, but yeah, I did love Canada. And then, like I said, Trudeau came in and then, you know, the industry that I've worked in my whole life has been decimated. Um, and like the future policies that you can even see already, like even if Peter O'Toole wins. I mean, there's still... Aaron O'Toole. Oh, yeah, Aaron O'Toole. Sorry, thank you. Peter McKay, Aaron O'Toole. O'Toole, Whatever, they're all the same. No, no. Sorry, Aaron O'Toole. But, uh, you know, even if if O'Toole wins, I mean, there's still a carbon tax. There's still nothing that is going... They they are all anti-West policies. There is no federal government that I can see out there that's truly gonna help Alberta. I, I find that interesting because he, uh, the Conservatives just released their uh, party's platform today. In it, they have a page and a half dedicated to just Quebec, just Quebec, and then Western alienation and transparency to bring uh, Alberta back. In the Conservative platform, uh, is a paragraph if two paragraphs long. It is not that long if you look at it. The Conservatives have just given up the fact that they have to campaign in this province. 
when you're crisscrossing this province, when you're talking to voters, when you're talking to the party membership, are you hearing from former conservatives, former liberals who are just fed up with the party politics that's happened in Ottawa? And they're saying, you know what? You vote conservative, you vote liberal, no matter what, at the end of the day, you get the same shit. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's I mean, actually, you know, the same phrase keeps coming up, you know, it's like the different sides of the same coin, you know, like, I mean. I, they have to pander for their votes in the East, and that's just the way the system was set up right from the beginning. I mean, like I said, the system's been broken right from the beginning. The only thing was is that Albertans are hardworking. They, I, I mean, even our culture here is different, right? Like our culture, we were built differently. We were built from hardworking immigrants and the indigenous people that lived here, the traders and the, you know, uh, the hunters, all these people came here. And it wasn't easy work. Like, they didn't come here and have, you know, like the elites did in the East. I mean, they, they did. They, they, were, they all came from royalty or, you know, that kind of society that, that, that you know, British. So are you taking a page out of the Bloc Quebecois, the Party Quebecois book? Because they have gotten more autonomy. They have gotten more since their 82 referendum, their 95 referendum and saying enough is enough, like Alberta just can't be treated this way for the rest of their lives because the bloc, the, the Quebec felt that way for a while and they said, we're gonna hold a referendum and look what happened. They're getting every party throwing money left, right and center at them. And Alberta is now getting the sort of money taken away from them. It's an interesting question because, you know, I mean, we're, I'm actually glad Quebec did do what they did because they did lay the groundwork. I mean, the Clarity Act still is not very clear. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, you know, at least it laid a foundation of something we can follow until we can't. You know, at least we can start a, start the route somewhere and then see where it takes us and see if that can get us our independence. But at the same time, um, our party doesn't want just autonomy. I mean, we are obviously going to probably at least try and get a firewall set up if we can win. And... Um, and, you know, make sure that we have our own police service, that we have our own um, um, so, tax center. Like Understandable, but setting up an own independent country is, there's a lot of money that you're going to have to put into there. Mm -hmm. Defense, health care will all have to come from the people who are in the province or the new country. Yeah. Uh, police force, like you said. I know Jason Kenney wants to move from the RCMP to Alberta police force, like in Ontario. But how do you envision paying for it because this is a lot of money that the province will have to fork out right away and yet again i'm playing devil's yeah, advocate no, no, absolutely. I love, love playing devil's advocate but how do you envision paying for it when even jason kenny and the smartest economists will say we're flat broke right now and we are going further and further in debt Right now, because, yeah, they're printing money like it's going out of style. I know. Um, <laughs> you know what? The the key thing is is just keeping our taxes here. Like, you know, the, one of the first things we're going to have to do is actually set up, you know, like we're going to have to stop sending money to the east. Everything's going to have to get collected here, and then we'll decide what goes back east until we can separate. Um, we're we're going to have to probably make some hard decisions. And obviously, like, we want to <laughs> run a... A fiscal you know you, we, we want to be fiscally responsible and I mean there is going to have to probably be some type of sacrifice who knows on what that will be in but that's one of the things that we'll leave up to Albertans to decide and hopefully by then we have 
those experts in place that want to step in and say, okay, here's, here's the plan. Because, you know, I, I will never say I'm a, a brilliant economist or anything like that, but there are a lot of brilliant people out there and a lot of brilliant people in Alberta that can make this work. And like I said, if we can stop sending that money down east and we can start taking power over that money and deciding what's going to happen with it, um, that in itself will will be huge for for Alberta. And I mean, yeah, we're not going to be able to just say, you know, we're not sending any money back east at first, you know, until we actually become independent and we get those things. And like I said, this is a long, hard, fought-out battle. And, and I mean, what it really looks like, it's hard to say. But I mean, the key thing is we have to get to a referendum. We, we have, like, that's our only focus right now. I mean, thinking about all the policy stuff, I mean, it's important. And we do have to think about it especially once, you know, we get into get into power. But before then, really, we just have to focus on getting into power and spreading that message to Albertans that this is the way forward. Because we can do it. We have all the resources we need. We have probably one of the most well-educated populations, youngest population. I mean, there's we just, I just don't see any disadvantages to becoming separate for myself personally. We are. We are in 2021. 2019 was the last provincial election. You, the Wild Rose, the, not the Wild Rose, the Independence Party of Alberta did run a significant slate of candidates in the last election. What is your goal if you become leader in the lead, this leadership race for the next election? Is it a full slate of 84, 87, 84? 87. 87 candidates, or is it 60 candidates, or... What is your vision to ensure that people have the opportunity to vote? Because while it's a long, hard battle, and I understand that you, you're open, openly admitting that, what is a win in the first election for you? Is it electing two or three uh, MLAs? Is it electing one? What is a win for you? Well, ideally, um, obviously, <laughs> I would like to win all 87. No, <laughs> no, I would. You know what? Honestly, I know our goal is to at least get 87 candidates running. But at the same time, we also want to, like, there are other independence parties out there. We, we know that. And, you know, I'm not saying one way or the other. I mean, I haven't talked to Paul Hinman. I haven't talked to, you know, some of these. I know, I actually know, like, Marilyn Burns, she runs AAP. And, and um, even though they're not technically an independence party, I know that they want to... Um, possibly you know make that change in their party I don't know if that's going to happen or not but you know with these other groups it would be really nice like to find this unity um between our groups and at least you know at the you know like when we get to an election like let's look at what we have and who the candidates are for all the independence parties and maybe come to some type of handshake agreement that you know what, if maybe they have a better candidate, maybe maybe we run those people instead. But the main goal is to get independence for this. I mean, Clear. for me personally, I just, it is the most important thing that we can do for this province. It is going to be a while. It is mm-hmm. not a one election thing that you, you, you're trying no. to accomplish here. No, no. Are you ready to lead this party for the long haul? Because, the, like you said, it is not a one part election, like we just agreed, it's not a one election issue. This is going to be two, three, potentially even four elections to win a potential 
even like get people even talking about it because the voter apathy in this province I think is oh. so ridiculous that I just can't believe that we only have 50% of the population who votes in this country, province but that's here nor there. Mm-hmm. So how do you get that out? How do you get people to say, you know what, we need to get uh, people involved, we need to get out there and talk to people because this is going to be a long haul uh, solution for us and we need to start today, not four years from now, not two years in 2023 when the next election is supposed to be called, but today. So Sorry, that was a, that was a long question. <laughs> I want to know, yeah. how do you start this movement today? Oh, how do you start you, today? You start door knocking, and we do need the volunteers. I mean, right, like today, we have to start educating people about the benefits of separation. That's it. We just have to show them that this is the way. We have to show them that if you're voting NDP or UCP, you're basically voting, again, same coin, different sides of the coin you are going to vote for either Federalist Party, well, like, even though they're provincial, but they, they, they pan. To be honest, Jason Kenney wants to go back to Ottawa. He does. Yeah, uh, of course he does. And I would if I was him too. <laughs> so Once Peter, once Aaron O'Toole steps down, he'll yeah. be the next leader. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but, but, okay, but. I understand but, you need to door knock, and I, that's great. Yeah. I love that. But how do you do that when people are just... You know what? I think. Uh, or am I think, bringing it wrong? No, no. I, I think you're right. The, the apathy in Canada, period. Like, forget Alberta, but in Canada is terrible. But I do believe, like, there is a lot of um, spirited and passionate people, including myself, that really want independence. And there's a lot of people getting ready to, um, you know, even put some dollars behind this. And, uh, you know, getting those signs out there. I mean, the biggest thing, obviously, is going to be fundraising because, I mean, you know. Hey, I'll give you money for buttons. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> hey, so exactly. I can have one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, you know, getting those buttons out, getting the bumper stickers, and, and then, you know, the big billboards. And, and you know, um, like currently right now, I've been traveling the province since the middle of June. I have my big decal on my motor home that I drive around with. <laughs> And, you know, try to show off our our um, party stuff. But, yeah, like, we just, it, it is going to, it's going to be a snowball. Like, it's, you know, right now we're small and, you know, we're kind of rolling and we're, we're getting things moving. But I do believe that we can get out there and get the message out. And I think we just have to find that right spot with these apathetic voters that really fires them up. And they mean, and, and without being negative, because, you know, the, my problem with politics has always been, um, you know, the, 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 the attacking, right? Like, oh, you know, I mean. So-and-so has done a bad job. Because, so because of this. And this Wonka is, ad that the conservatives just put out on Twitter. Thank you. You know, those are the things. Why aren't you focusing on the real issues that are going on in a positive spin? Show me. And this is what actually I hear a lot, even from our own party members. You know, because even, um, you know, sometimes we'll put out like a little bit of a negative kind of, you know, attack on, on somebody, you know, just because that's just politics. And sometimes you are just angry and you're just like, and, you know, you put a post out and people are like, you know, rather than bitching out on, on that person, why aren't you telling me what you're going to do for me? Like, wh- prove to me what, how you're going to make a change. 
you've just stolen my heart. Because <laughs> I am sorry. I agree wholeheartedly with your membership. The attacks are stupid. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything to move. Okay, they, they're Twitter folly for about 20 minutes, and then people have forgotten it. How are you going to help me? How, yeah. are you, how are you, the leader of your party or the leadership candidate for your party, going to help me, the average citizen who's sitting in their basement? I shouldn't say sitting in their basement because that makes me sound like I'm a troll. <laughs> but who, who is making a productive, trying to make a productive life for himself and his partner and his life here mm-hmm. in his home? How are you going to help me? How are you going to ensure that, hey, I get my fair health care system. I get my, like, if I call 911, someone is going to show up. That's what I want to know. And I think that's what the average Albertan wants to know. Exactly. And, you know, and I think, like you said, you know, we can't, you know, go too mu- too far into the details of what those policies actually look like because we're just way too far away from that. We we have ideas and we definitely have some a lot of great ideas. Like on our website, we have our, our party program and it outlines a lot more about you know, you know, our health care instead of sick care policies and, and, uh, you know, you know, our gun policies and things like that, that they were important to Albertans because people want to have the ability, especially in rural Alberta, to be able to protect themselves and things like that. We do have a lot of these policies drawn out and, but, you know, but without getting into too much detail, this is how we see it. And this is what we want for Alberta. And this is how we want to help you. But you need to help us get there, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, but like you said, it is, we just have to get a lot more positive and we do have to come up with a lot more solutions than more problems. We are nearing the 30 minute mark and I just want to make sure that the people that are watching, we are sitting down with the leadership candidate for the Independence Party of Alberta, Miss Vicki Bayford. Um, Vicki, I want to ask one last set of questions and we'll wrap up here. You are taking on a responsibility, if you are the successful candidate in this election, to crisscross this province. You and I both know that this province is a very diverse province. We are sitting in the northeast part of Calgary right now. You are from the center part of Calgary, if not the southwest. Northwest. Northwest area. So it is a very diverse, diverse, diverse province. And again, we're just from Calgary and it's a diverse city. How do you connect with everyone? How do you ensure, because people, and I, I'm talking about immigration here, and mm-hmm. this is going to be a big one, and I apologize. I no, did not prepare okay. you for this at all, but I, it is a topic that I want to talk about, is immigration is one of the, you talk to people who have immigrated from other countries to Canada, they say Canada's a great place. Do you talk to uh, people who have immigrated to Canada, and are they saying, Canada is not what I expected? What are you hearing from people who are not truly so, born Canadian or Albertans? I mean, I actually have to be honest about, like, I haven't done a whole lot of stuff in Calgary where I'm in yet. And in, for the most part, that's where the bigger part of our um, immigration population is. And um, But I do have a very wide, diverse set of friends. And to be honest, my ex-husband was Cuban. I actually sponsored him um, to come to Canada. It didn't work out. But, you know, um, but... You know, I've been through the process. I understand what it is. And I, you know, I have lots of Latin friends. I used to do salsa dancing. And yeah, I know, right? Let's do it. My so, husband will come with us. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> excellent. I love it. So I'm like, so we, you know, obviously a lot of my friends from the Latin community, they shared their experiences with me. And there are a lot of problems with our system in a lot of ways for them and for 
for us. So, you know, you have, um, you know, someone who comes with a really good skill set, you know, doctors, lawyers, people that even worked in their industry for 20 years, you know, or in their field for 20 years, they come to Canada, their degree's worth nothing. They have basically have to redo all of their school, not a par- portion of it, not write some exams. They have to redo all their schooling, even though they were a surgeon for 25 years, you know, and, and, and like we let them come in because they were a skilled worker, but then they have to go deliver pizza or drive Uber. I mean, it's just... Not that it, there's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing, obviously. But, you know, if you have someone with that skill set and you're wasting that skill set, especially when we're screaming for doctors and we're screaming for certain skill sets in this country, um, why why wouldn't you make it easier? So there's a lot of things in, in that way that I know we can... Like, so much room for improvement and I know we could do way better. I want to talk about the elephant that is in the room as mm-hmm. well, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. This has changed the name of the game for people across this province. And we have been in lockdown. We have been not in lockdown. We have been out of lockdown. We've been partially in lockdown. We've been in a, okay, part of the province in this area is in a lockdown. Other provinces aren't. How would a independent Alberta have done it differently? You know, I... <laughs> As much as I don't approve of, of, of how things were handled here, I, I can't imagine being in government when this did first come down with the messaging that was coming taking place. But then I look at other leaders across the world and different ways that they took the approach, you know, once they realized, you know, the severity or lack of severity or however you want to take it. Um, I mean, I am a very hardcore anti-lockdown person. I be very blunt about that, and I'm not apologetic about it at all. Um, I broke my wrist about three weeks after we got locked in. I went to an empty hospital, had talked to the nurses and doctors, and that was before they were being shushed. And they were very blunt with me and saying, yeah, we've been bored. We haven't seen anything, you know. And I was like, so obviously at that point, I started questioning things, and... um, started finding some stuff out for myself and and just using my own eyes using my own ears observing what was actually going on and I don't need to be a doctor for someone to tell me if something's super deadly or not deadly I'm sorry I don't and um anyway I think if we'd had some common sense and stop letting these you know big farmer whoever's pulling the strings you know uh take away their power and not let them do that I think uh we would as a smaller like if we were an independent country right now we would have had far more say and with the amount of letters and angry people in Alberta that were losing their businesses not getting the health care they required because they were afraid to go to the hospital like all these other mental health issues all these other things that came up because of these measures that they put in place I think Alberta as an independent country would have responded way differently. I think we would have probably had a way more measured approach. You know, we probably may have listened to someone like, oh, I can't remember his name right now. The doctor down the, in the States. Well, well, him, and then there was that colonel that used to be our emergency person. Yeah, I, uh, I forget his name. I can't I think of his why. name right now, but he, he interviewed with Daniel Smith. And honestly, like, he had, like, a great idea. Like, if seniors are the people that are vulnerable to this, you know, that are more vulnerable to getting sick and dying from this, but nobody else is, or 
very few, then why aren't we, you know, putting nurses on shifts and not letting them work with the elderly unless they've been, you know, they've quarantined for two weeks and they're two weeks on and two weeks off. He had really great ideas. Anyway, but the, no one would listen. To, uh, Colonel Redmond, I think is his yes. name. Yes. Okay. Yes. Anyway, but... You know, like he had a re- like really great ideas to this, and we looked at like Florida. Look at look at the senator in Florida, Mark Rubio. Mark Rubio, yeah. like Marco Rubio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he did like an amazing job handling this, and now their country is or well their state is doing so well. Same with Texas, like they're fully open. I have cousin. I have a cousin that lives out in Texas. Alberta's fully open. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting together. We are right now. <laughs> I wanted to talk about your leadership because I, uh, we could probably talk about policy for the rest of the day, I but I want to talk about your leadership. Um, you are running for the leadership of the uh, Independence Party of Alberta. How can people reach out, get involved, reach out to you, get involved, and buy membership? Um, so you can go to our website, which is www.abindependence.com. You can send an email to vicky, V-I-C-K-Y, dot Bayford, B-A-Y-F-O-R-D, at ab-independence.com. Or you can even, if you just want to send a general email to the party, it's comms at ab-independence.com. Um yeah, definitely get in touch. You, you can find me on Facebook. It's pretty easy. Um, on Facebook, actually, yes, you're right. Um, so my real name actually is Victory. Is I go, it actually your it's real? It's actually my real name. So so um, my Facebook actually says Victory Bayford, not Vicky Bayford. So um, I do have my main profile, which is Vicky, and then, um, and then my campaign. leadership campaign page is, is Victory Bayford. And you'll say tip leadership or something like that. Um, For my listeners and to my viewers, the link to Victoria's. Victory. Victory's leadership. uh, The website for the Independence Party of Alberta, her Twitter, her email, her Facebook page are all in the show notes below. They will be in the show notes for the audio version as well that comes out tomorrow, which if you're listening to tomorrow, it's today. Uh, So... um, Victory, Vicky, I want to thank you so much for doing this. This has been fun. Yeah, um, thank you. For those who, like I said, want to read, uh, want to get a membership. What's the website for the party? That was the ABN. Oh, that was the okay. Yeah. I apologize. I didn't. I didn't make my own website. I was like, ah, you know, that's just more work. <laughs> and I and I basically kind of help uh, manage the website anyway for the party. So I see pretty much everything that kind of comes through. Awesome. Uh, yet again, my name is Christopher Brown. I've been sitting with Vicky for the last 40 minutes, almost 40 minutes. Um, get out and vote if you've liked what you've heard over the last 40 minutes. Go buy a membership. The link is in the show notes below. Please, 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 please. I keep on saying this and I will heart this until I die. Get involved. Your voice matters, elections matter, leadership races matter, and at the end of the day, we need people to step up, get involved, and do what Vicky is doing right here, and talking to people, and getting a conversation starting, because we all have beliefs in this country, in this province, we all need to start advocating for them. Vicky, I want to thank you so much for doing this, this has been a pleasure, an honor, and uh, I wish you the best in the leadership race. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for making this so easy because I was like.
The Ballot Box was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated. 